The Christmas story continues in Luke chapter 2 with the 15th verse. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Let us pray. O oh Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For it is in the name of your Son, our precious Lord, Jesus the Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. Several years ago, when we moved to San Antonio, I began to become accustomed to warm Christmases. A little bit of humidity, maybe even a short sleeve shirt every now and then. And so I was not at all upset when a cold front moved through and it actually got a little bit colder this year. It was kind of funny, though, just this past week, I had several people ask, are you going to have church on Christmas Eve? It's going to be so cold. And I reminded the people who were talking to me, I said, you know, in most places, Christmas is actually celebrated as a winter celebration. <laughs> but on that topic of feeling like Christmas, I know I've told you this story before, but several weeks ago, my wife Morgan and I were in Warsaw, Poland, visiting some friends and dear mission partners in that city. We were on our way back from a trip to Israel that we had shared with a wonderful group of about 70 people from our church. It was late November, and the city was already beautifully decorated. All the lights, all of the, all of the props, all of the, all of the nativities, all had this beautiful sort of European delight and feeling to them. And there were snow flurries just coming down from the sky, not too harsh, not too cold, but just beautiful, picturesque. And Morgan, one evening, turned to me and she said, it's finally starting to feel like Christmas. And being the guy that I am, I said, you realize that just about three days ago, we were actually in Bethlehem. <laughs> but, I, but I knew what she meant. I knew what she meant. Because politics aside, when we were there in Bethlehem, we discovered that Bethlehem 2022 does not feel like Christmas, at least like, not like we're, we think it's supposed to. I mean, it was crazy busy with cars and traffic. It was hot and it was crowded with tourists and pilgrims, pilgrims like us from all over the world. And the holy sites like the Shepherd's Cave and the Church of the Nativity were swarmed with people from all over the world. And as soon as you would get to one of these holy sites, a monk or an attendant would shoo you out to make sure that there was room for the next group of holy seekers. 
And while we were there, we noticed that everyone was trying to find his or her place, some spot to meet quietly or to contemplate the birth of the Savior amidst the hundreds of people. Just some quiet spot so that they could be in Bethlehem and get that Christmas feeling. But I can tell you this, in Bethlehem 2022, no such place exists. Now, if you're looking for quiet contemplation, you're going to have a hard time finding it. If you're looking for tour buses or tourists, you are in luck. It wasn't discouraging, but it really kind of changed the way I think about some things. Because at the time, I found that I was frustrated. It was noisy. It was crowded. I was annoyed. There was no room or place for serenity or silent contemplation. And at one point, I caught myself thinking, this is not how Bethlehem, this is not how Christmas is supposed to feel. And yet when I really started to think about it, it's actually pretty close to the way that first Christmas really felt. Because I'll never think about Christmas the same way again. On that first Christmas night, Bethlehem was crowded, not with pilgrims coming to honor the king of kings, but with the subjects of the emperor of Rome. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all of the world should be registered, and all went to be registered, each to his own hometown. They weren't tourists. They were people coming from all over the world to be counted like cattle, taxpayers to be processed in a census, forced into a bureaucratic nightmare by Caesar Augustus. It was like the worst day at the DMV. (laughs) And not just Joseph's family, but every family who had ancestry with the family of King David. They all came to this place. And Luke politely points out that, that every hotel room, every Airbnb, every guest room and casita, every mother-in-law suite, and every couch was covered. Now, I bet that Mary and Joseph were not the only ones who couldn't find a place that night. And I bet that even in that stable, they had to double up. Because that's all that was left for people were the stables, those rough structures built into hillside caves where they kept the animals. They probably ended up sharing space not only with animals, but with other families who were just as unlucky and unprepared without a civilized place to stay. And there, she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. No privacy, no crib, only a feed trough. No proper linens, just old sweat rags. It was chaos. But even apart from the accommodations, that first Christmas night was not a night of serenity for Mary and Joseph. There was tension in the family because of Mary's strange pregnancy. They were exhausted after the long trek through the mountains and valleys and deserts. And with all that on top of it, a new baby in the mix. All of that was in play. And I guarantee you that with a new baby there, it may have been a holy night, but it was not a silent night. (laughs) And just when you thought it couldn't get any crazier, 
this group of shepherds comes clamoring into the stable with a message from heaven. This group of noisy shepherds came in and said, you're not going to believe what just happened to us. We were keeping our flocks by night when an angel of the Lord appeared, and the angel said to, to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly... There was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What did that mean? This message of the angels. A savior is born. As the prophet said, this is Emmanuel. God with us. He's going to bring good news to the poor. He's going to bind up the brokenhearted. He's going to proclaim liberty to the captives. He's going to open the prison to those who are bound. He's going to comfort all who mourn. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, and Prince of Peace. This child born in a stable, this teenager who got lost from his parents, this man rejected by other men and broken on the cross, this Jesus is the Savior, and he is going to change the world. Unto you a child, a Savior is born. Glory to God in the highest, they said, before all other things, above and below all things, Above all these things is God's glory. Glory is that word that we use when all other words fail us. It's the word we use to describe the indescribable beauty and intensity and brightness of God. But it's not only a word that describes his brightness. It describes the beauty of his sovereignty, the beauty of his eternity the beauty of his will and his purposes. And the angels are saying, do not be afraid because God is good. God is glorious. He is real. He is beautiful. And he is in control. And then peace on earth. This is the God of love. He cares. And his peace is bigger than the chaos of our lives. And then the angels left as suddenly as they appeared. And the shepherds were left with nothing but the starry sky and a lot of questions. Questions like, is this true? Is the Savior real? What does this all mean? And so the shepherds said to one another, well, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened. And they just jumped up and ran to Bethlehem to find out. And when they got to Bethlehem and when they got to the stable, they told Mary and Joseph what the angel had said. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. 
But listen to this. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Verse 19. You see, when Mary heard the report of the shepherds, it got her attention. It made her think, what does this all mean? I mean, after all, on a chaotic night like this, what can that kind of message mean for the baby? What does it mean for me and Joseph? What does it mean for the people I love? What does it mean for the world? She wasn't just thinking about these things, pondering these things in a vacuum. She was pondering them in real time, in her own real life, in the middle of all that other chaos. I mean, she was thinking about how could God send his son into all of this? Are we ever going to have peace in our lives again? Or is it going to be like this forever? Will it always be this crazy? I think that's what Mary was thinking about. So let me turn the camera a little bit. How are you doing this Christmas? How's your chaos? How's your life? When Mary heard the message of the angels from the shepherds on that Christmas night, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You know, a few weeks ago, I asked you to consider a question. What are you pondering in your heart this Christmas? What are you wrestling with? What are you worried about? What are you thinking about? What's your chaos in this Christmas? Are you just crazy busy, wondering how you're going to get it all done? Are you exhausted, just pulled here and there, left and right, up and down, constant distractions and things keep coming up? Are there circumstances of your job, of your school, in your neighborhood, or your friend network that seem to be making everything either more complicated or just more toxic? Are there conflicts or relationship problems that just seem to be amplified by the holidays? Are there concerns about physical health, about your mental health, about financial health that are weighing on you? Are you grieving? Because in the last year you've lost somebody and this is the first Christmas without them. Are you worried about your children and their choices or your parents and their long-term health? Are you worried about our country, about our culture? Where are we going to be in 2023? Personally, I've been trying to ponder the message of the angels in the real time of my own life. The Savior is born. Peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest. What does that mean for me in my own life, in my own mind, in my own heart and soul and relationships? What does it mean for my wife and for my daughter and my son and my parents and my in-laws and my friends? What does it mean for you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, for this church, for San Antonio, for our world, for our country and our culture? What is peace and how do we get it? The message of the angels was this. 
Do not be afraid. Even in the midst of all this, do not be afraid. The angel's declaration is that the God who is before, beneath, above, and beyond all things loves you. He cares. He is real. He is in control. And the message of Christmas is that he is with you. He is with you. He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God did not send his own son into a world of serenity and silence. He sent his own son into a world like ours, like yours, like mine, like our lives. The truth of Christmas is that God sent his son into the reality of all of this, whatever it is that you're dealing with and you brought in here with you tonight. Our circumstances, our grief, our suffering, our crazy busyness. He came into this life because this is when God shows up. He shows up in the chaos, not in the life that we think it's supposed to be, not in the Bethlehem that we think it's supposed to be, but in the real life we live. And into that life, he comes and he says, do not be afraid. You are not alone. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, behold, I am with you until the end of the age. And when we behold him, we see that he is holding us. He is the Emmanuel. God with us. Not out there, but in the midst of our chaos. Over the last few weeks of Advent, I've been challenging us to think about some questions raised by the Christmas story. That first one we've heard tonight, what are you pondering? What are you waiting for? What are you expecting God to do? What are you praying for? What are you celebrating and thankful for? What are you telling people during this Christmas season? What are those five questions? I want to add one more to your homework tonight, to your Christmas homework. One more question, if you'll allow me. I want to ask you to drop your guard and ask yourself, what brings you here tonight? What brings you here tonight? You may think that you're here because your mom brought you or your grandmother brought you or your grandfather or your dad or your family or because it's tradition or you, you aren't sure why, but I'm not asking that. I'm asking you to really drop your guard and ask deeply, what really brings you here tonight? The shepherds went to Bethlehem that night because they wanted to see for themselves if the message of the angels was true. Is he real? Will he do and be what the angels said he'll do and be? And most of all, can he make a difference in my life? Can he make a difference in the world and the lives of the people that I love? What brings you here tonight? I have no idea what kind of Christmas this is for you. I don't know if it's joyous or chaotic. And I have no idea what brought you here tonight. But I do know this, 
You're not here by accident. You are here because God brought you here tonight. Why did God bring you here tonight? Maybe it's to celebrate his birth. But maybe it's because, like the shepherds, you need to come and you need to hear and see if it's true. To see if it's real, what the angel said. Maybe you came here tonight because you're hoping to find something or someone who could make a difference in your life. Or maybe you came here tonight because you're just looking for some peace in the chaos. Whatever brings you here tonight, whatever you're pondering and treasuring in your own heart, whatever you are waiting for, whatever you're praying for, whatever you're thankful for, God sent me a message through Scripture that he wants me to give to you. And that message is this. You are not alone. The Savior was born. This really happened. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the king. He is real. He is beautiful. He is in control. He loves you. And he cares about your peace. And he is with you in the joy and the chaos. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Will you pray with me? Oh Lord, I know that we are here tonight for a variety of reasons. Some of them are known to us, but others are unknown. There may be people sitting next to us, behind us, around us, who brought us here, but in the end, you are the one who made the appointment. You are the one who brought us here tonight. You are the one who, who calls us to hear this message, whether it's for the first or for the 1,000th time, that you are with us that you are worthy of all glory, that you are beautiful, that you care, and that you have a plan and a purpose for us. Lord, this night, I just pray that you would just help the people in this room that need to drop their guard, to let their guard down, so that they will hear the message of the angels for themselves, now and forever. Thank you, Emmanuel. God with us. Amen.